Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, it's political silly season. Also, there's a storm brewing over critical race theory. And is former President Donald Trump souring on Mo Brooks? <laughs> I just don't believe it. That campaign is circling the drain, baby. All of this and much, much more coming up next on The V. Welcome to the voice of Alabama politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and I'm joined today by Susan Britt, research guru extraordinaire, and Josh Moon, columnist and investigative reporter for APR. Welcome. Hi, guys. So, ho. Oh, oh all right. Well, we got that one. Ho repeat three times, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hey, you know, uh, they, uh, the Young Republican Federation of Alabama had a straw poll uh, recently at their winter gala. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't even know we had galas in uh, Alabama. But well, apparently we did. Yeah, we had a gala. Yep. Uh, it looked like some interesting numbers that uh, Kay Ivey, uh, Katie Britt, and Wes Allen were certainly mm -hmm. uh, some of the big winners there, Susan. We, we, we came away with 54% of the vote favoring Governor Ivey. What, which thoughts on that? Well, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, she's a very popular governor. She has been. She's popular even nationwide. So that she's got 54% of the young Republicans is not a surprise to me at all. Josh, I, I found it interesting that Tim James at 17%, Lindy Blanchard 13%, Dean Odle at 12%. Does anybody really, I mean, I didn't, you know, we don't pay much attention to Dean Odle. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I you know, I'm, I'm a little curious about that as well. And I wonder if maybe it's, uh, how old is Dean Odle? Uh, you know, maybe maybe they're looking for somebody under the age of sixty-five to, to vote for. Uh, you know, as a, as young Republicans, maybe they're maybe they're looking for an option that's a, that's a little bit more youthful uh, and and more relatable to them. Uh, you know, I, it, was Jim Ziegler on the list? Did Jim Ziegler? He was. He he, yeah. he came out a whopping four four percent, right? Yeah, so he's he's a, yeah, Jim's a hey, youthful at heart guy. I can't believe he didn't do a little better in that sort of thing. Youthful at mind too, uh, but you know. <laughs> It's uh, I I don't know, man. It it seems as though I don't know how you go into being a young Republican. I mean, who do you relate to in the party? Are there young people? Other young people running for office as Republicans? There are a few. There are a few, but uh, not many. I mean, it, it is definitely uh, an older crowd. Yeah. Uh, but Jim Ziegler's tie should have gotten four percent. Oh yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah, that yeah, tie would have gotten tie. six at least. Uh, would have gotten at least six percent on that. Yeah, you know, I guess you know, thinking about it, I, I would assume that's the reason why why Will Ainsworth is is kind of relatable. You know, with the with the campaign mm -hmm. that he ran yeah. uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, ago, uh, you know, I think that that was more of a style that young Republicans would would relate to a little bit better. But you know, who who am I to say I'm not a young Republican? Well, and there you go. I, I thought one of the more interesting things, and, and maybe not more interesting, Katie Britt, Susan, uh, pulled 44% to Mo Brooks' 28%. Well, she's certainly relatable, not only just to young Republicans, to a lot of Republicans, as being somebody who can get out there, get the job done, uh, is going to work really hard, and is very uh, approachable. Mm-hmm. 
Very yeah, approachable. I, yeah, I, I agree with with all that. As a matter of fact, I would I would have assumed that that Katie would be a lot more uh, popular among the younger crowd uh, just because she is. Yeah. Uh, she's a younger candidate. You know, she's uh, she's somebody that they could relate to, and I'm assuming somebody that that uh, when she speaks to them uh, is much more relatable to their issues and the, and their concerns, and is up more, much more up to date on those issues. Uh, you know, it's. I, I, honestly, I, that's what I'm saying. I, you know, you, you look around the state and around the country. There's not a lot of young Republicans in office, right? Well, I, I, I see that's true. Uh, Will uh, Mike Durant, thirteen uh, percent. Jessica Taylor, seven. No real surprise at, at, at any of those numbers, yeah. as far as I can tell. Yeah, I, you know, I assume that Jessica Taylor is just hanging around because she wants to hang around uh, in there because she's not really making any headway in in any of these polls. Uh, and, and Mike Durant has now leapfrogged over her and I, I would assume would have leapfrogged over uh, Lindy Blanchard as well had she remained in the race and uh, which again that's that's not really a surprise either I would matter of fact I would not be surprised if, if Durant ends up catching Mo Brooks and passing him yeah I think that's possible I, I, and what we've kicked this around Susan and, and I want your thoughts on this I mean who does what voters does does Durant attract does he attract? people that would normally vote for Katie or normally vote for I think Brooks. it would be more to be people that vote for Brooks, honestly. You know, an older crowd, uh, more veteran type, more uh, uh, certainly concerts, you know, very, very, very right-wing conservative. I don't think that pulls from Katie at all. I really think it pulls more from Brooks. I mean, but Katie's got a real, uh, a, a real grassroots thing going with mm -hmm. rural voters. She, mm -hmm. she really, she's really out there. Uh, getting with the rural voters, farmers especially, and that type of thing. Yeah. Um, I think it, you know, I think, think I think you're right, Josh, but I, I just wonder, you know, we'll talk about Mo Brooks in this campaign a little later. I, I want to get to the straw poll. I thought this, uh, Wes Allen pulling 72% against Chris Horn, who I have never heard of. That's yeah, well, we think, haven't heard of you in politics. Yeah. I don't know. You know. Yeah, I think that explains the seventy-two percent, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to go back real quick to, to Katie Britt. I, I think I think this is, um, you know, no matter what happens uh, in this race, uh, her her progress and the way she's done so well with farmers. Uh, and with a lot of the old school voters within the Republican Party, I think speaks very well for for women in politics uh, in the future uh, of the right. state because I think it it is it is kind of uh, getting over a hurdle that has been there I think for a lot of women uh, in yep. the state on both sides of the aisle and so I, I think that's a good thing no matter what happens I think she'll end up winning but uh, I just I think that the way she has been accepted by Alpha and some of the other folks out there I think it's a really <coughs> big bridge to cross for them. I would agree. Mm -hmm. I would it agree. is. And, and that is a younger person's job. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got to stay in the Senate, you know, at least uh, uh, three terms uh, or at least two terms before they know you. But the one thing we, we there was Washington, no, it was Bloomberg government. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. They did a story on how that she would almost assuredly get a seat on appropriations. Because which, she knows the field. Yeah. 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 She knows the people. Yeah. And I don't mean to say. Subjects. 
I don't mean to say that Alpha's never supported the woman. I'm not saying that at all. But no, you know, this is not, a this is a, a younger woman for a you know for a very prestigious political seat, a very important seat, you know. And so I think that's a little bit different. And uh, yeah, I, I just think that it's a uh, it, it it speaks very well to to the way we have progressed in the state in some instances. But it's maybe not noticed a lot of times. Well, and I, I agree with you 100. percent And and she's you know, a good candidate, I, you know. She is, she is a very good candidate. She's hardworking. Mm -hmm. We know Katie. We like Katie. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we know Mo Brooks. Don't much care for Mo Brooks. We don't know Durant. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, he hasn't reached out to make himself known to us, but I'm sure he will eventually. And eventually. But we're going to have to leave it right there. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back. My dog Jupiter is frightened when I climb too high, the owl said. Check for monsters, Daddy. I did, honey. There are no monsters. You're perfectly safe. Protect yourself and those you love. Vaccinate now. So you got caught speeding. But this time you got more than a ticket. What are you in for? Vehicular homicide. Stop speeding before speeding stops you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Welcome back to the V, the voice of Alabama politics. They are so mean to me during the break. It's just ridiculous. I don't know how I stand it. That's because you start the time oh, before any, you tell anybody uh, and no, then you get on to us for talking I, through it. I tell you, that Christmas, that Christmas cheer just went boom yeah. right down the yeah. uh, Peace yeah. on earth, goodwill to man. Yep, that's wow. right. Somebody walked out on this old-fashioned family Christmas, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Josh. Yeah. Mo Brooks admitted that he lied about his contact with Ali Alexander, the guy who did the stop the steal deal. Brooks had said he didn't have anything, didn't, didn't know the guy, never heard from the guy. And, and no. kind of text message okay, came out, he, he knew it. Yeah. Brooks said, uh, whatever. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it was, he did. He lied, uh, and uh, I and I think he was in uh, complete cover-up mode when he when he did that. And then they went back and looked at some of the the exchanges, and I think then they they kind of figured out well, uh, this one exchange is not all that bad, so we'll just talk about it. Um, yeah. And so you know, who knows if there's anything else out there? Because you can't believe anything he says. Uh, so, uh, but you know, at the end of the day, um, <laughs> it doesn't really matter about the stop the steal thing. Okay. It doesn't really matter if Mo Brooks was there, you know, lining up the chairs for the Stop the Steal rally. What Mo Brooks did was push a lie. Uh, he actively, and is still, to this day, still pushing this lie yeah. about the, the election. I mean, he tried to back off of it recently, uh, but he still pushed this lie. He still affected what happened on January the 6th. I mean, Susan, you, you, you got a guy here who tried to... Really, I mean, he was the main one pushing this idea that we, sh 
that the Congress should overthrow the election and hand it to Donald Trump. But I don't know that that hurts him with the Republican base or in a Republican primary. But there, God, goodness to heaven, I know Republicans that don't believe right. any of this stuff, thought it was foolish to get involved, but they're so afraid of Trump and his people that they constantly go along with the lie. I think when it's gonna come down to the ballot box, that the really hardcore Trump Republicans are gonna vote for Mo Brooks. Those that are kinda on the fence, don't really believe that, that, that January 6th was something that should have happened, you know, may go over and vote for somebody else. I don't know who they'll vote for, but I, I, I think it, Everybody's. I think this is wearing a little thin. Everybody's kind of getting tired of all of this. At least I hope they are. You know, you would think, Josh, after a year, we're almost at January 6th anniversary of a, mm -hmm. the, the first time <clears throat> since the Civil War that they've tried to overthrow the government of the United States. You, you could think that people would wake up, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, after, after dozens upon dozens of investigations and audits of the election that proved that there was no fraud uh, or no fraud to a level that would have affected, you know, a race for dog catcher, uh, you know, the, I, I don't, what are you waiting on? I mean, just, just, I believe it was yesterday, uh, the Secretary of State in Georgia came out again and said, listen, we've investigated all of these things, hundreds of complaints. We found nothing. I don't know what more you want us to do. There's nothing there to that, that would have thrown this election yeah. Yeah. Uh, in, into question. Well, I think we always knew that Trump would never concede. I, I never yeah. thought that would happen. He's a child. He's, you know, he's a child that's concerned uh, about himself. Yeah, he started saying that the, Trump, that the election was going to be stolen months, even maybe yeah. a year soon before as, it ever As soon as happened. they started getting polling results. But I want to move on to, we are hearing, and it's been reported by Politico, it's been reported by uh, by Washington Post, and a number of other outlets, and, and we've heard it ourselves, that the former president, Donald Trump, Mo Brooks' main benefactor, is really soured on his candidacy and he's very upset about these new people that he's brought in, the, the never-Trumpers mm -hmm. and the people that work for Trump's so-called enemies. I mean, J Susan, what do you think? I'm not surprised. I mean, he's brought in this uh, uh, never-Trumper Forrest Barnwell Hegemeyer as his campaign manager. Right, right. And he was a never-Trumper from way back when. I don't know what Brooks is thinking, but if he wants the Trump support, he, 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 these are really bad decisions. I mean, Fred Davis uh, out of California is one that we're hearing that he is really upset about because Davis worked for Jeff Flake, Ben Shashi, Carly Farina. I mean, these are people that Trump just hates. And uh, he even worked for George W. Bush. And, and so we're hearing that he's upset that Mo has hired basically people that don't like Trump to run mm -hmm. his Trump-sponsored campaign. So I, I gotta say I gotta congratulate Mo Brooks on the recent hires. Uh, I mean he's he's hired people that seem to have common sense and uh, have worked with people who also want to have good government. Uh, you know all the people that you just listed off there are reasonable Americans that want to have a good working government. So maybe Mo Brooks is turning over a new leaf and he wants to get it really get in there and start working with across the aisle and uh, you know doing things for the the people he represents in this state, which would be a nice turn. Not gonna yeah, happen. No, no, not gonna happen. What it, no. what, what it yeah. is is that 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 campaign is swirling the drain. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and so <clears throat> and seeing the, and seeing Brooks's numbers, I wouldn't be surprised if Trump didn't switch his 
endorsements. I really wouldn't. Well, I mean, how much does Trump want to be a three-time loser in Alabama, Josh? I mean, he won the state, but every every time he's endorsed a candidate, he's lost in Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's uh, you know I I would not be surprised if he does this and you know but I would I would be surprised if he didn't do it closer to the election so he could see or to the primary so he could see exactly who was going to be the winner. Yeah, probably. Well, I probably. think we're going to get close. Uh, we're going to get close. I mean, uh, again, we as we were talking earlier, we don't know, uh, uh, you know, what Duran is actually going to do other than mm -hmm. spend money, mm -hmm. and we know Katie is working out there in the field. Mm -hmm. uh, the the thing is that the unknown to me is what Trump does. But you remember that recent uh, poll done by McLaughlin showed that Trump was only moving the needle by 19 percent with voters. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that 19 percent. I would be interested to see too what that what that looks like after his comments on the vaccine over the last uh, you know couple of days last week and uh, because yeah. you know he, he came out and was arguing with uh, with Candace Owens about you know people getting the vaccine and how effective it was and how you needed yeah. to get it and I wonder how that's going to go with the anti-vaccine uh, part uh, wing of the party. Yeah, and I believe he's had his booster now. As yeah, well, he's, he's so. had yes. his booster and and uh, President Biden uh, thanked. Uh, Former President Trump and then President Trump, former President Trump was like all gushy over Biden. I mean, it's a love fest that we haven't seen. But anyway, we're going to have one last. We're going to have to leave it right there. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You'll never guess what 400,000 people in the U.S. were using when they crashed their cars last year. No, not this. This. Distracted driving will kill you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. My dog Jupiter is frightened when I climb too high. The owl said. Check for monsters, Daddy. I did, honey. There are no monsters. You're perfectly safe. Protect yourself and those you love. Vaccinate now. Alabama politics. The Omicron variant, however you want to pronounce it, 
has become the dominant strain in the United States, and it is here in Alabama. The people were hoping that it wouldn't cross state lines, but once again, <laughs> the state lines didn't hold up. Yeah. <laughs> so should build a wall. There's an invisible border wall. around the state. Yeah, yeah, yeah really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and Scott Harris, uh, the public health officer here, he said he was a little worried that the numbers were trending up while a lot of people like their hair is on fire. And, and Josh, I think, you know, we've all talked about this. There's so much that we don't know. Yeah. But the new studies seem to suggest it's more widespread, but not as deadly. Yeah, it, it does seem, uh, honestly, uh, researchers over in, uh, in Britain called it, you know, a good news story because it seems as though uh, it's not quite as harmful as the previous strains of the virus. Um, you know, it spreads very, very rapidly, and so that's going to cause some problems, um, you know, but it, it doesn't seem to cause the same number of hospitalizations and serious illness as the previous strains, but, you know, Delta and the others. Uh, right. So that they're hopeful that that will uh, you know, alleviate some of the problems that we've had associated with the previous strains. And so, you know, I, I, I don't know. You're right. There are, there are a lot of things we don't know. It would be helpful if everyone would go out and get the vaccine. Um, you know, I didn't want to do that. I hate the needles. I hate going to doctors. I went and did it and got a booster shot. And listen, if it'll keep me from laying in a hospital bed somewhere, I'll gladly keep doing it. Um, and, and I think it's just at this point, we've had more than 800,000 Americans die. Uh, we've had more than 16,000 Alabamians yeah. die. And I think it's maybe yeah. time that people took it a little bit more seriously uh, than what they have been and stopped believing nonsense on whatever crazy news source you're getting your news from. Yeah. Now, yeah. Th this is something I'm, I'm concerned that people are still not taking this serious enough. Although it's not as deadly, although the symptoms are more mild, you know, Scott Harris is concerned about overrunning hospitals a little bit right now. So mm -hmm. this is something you can be hospitalized over. 73% of the new cases are Omicron cases. So mm -hmm. it's spreading really, really fast. So it's this is not something just, it, it, we're not to the, it's just the flu level at this yeah. point. Right. So yeah, it's right. something you do need to take seriously. It's not something you need to go, well, I'll just get it and then I'll be hyper immune. Yeah. It's still, you still need to take this seriously. Well, and, and unfortunately, there's, there's a whole pockets in Alabama that are not vaccinated. And it is, it can be very deadly to those who are not vaccinated. I want to move on here. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to see some craziness come up uh, January 11th uh, as this new session begins. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're seeing here, this is one that's going to be a, a doozy. I think it passes. The legislature wants to ban critical race theory, which is an intellectual study of how race uh, bias is, is part of uh, policy and legal uh, legal our legal system through mm -hmm. years of racism it is not taught in any Alabama schools no. it has nothing to do with the Civil War or trying to make people feel bad about what race they are but and it's elective subject you're not required to take it yeah well the University of Alabama Faculty Senate has officially passed a resolution uh, against banning critical race theory. And I have come up with what I think is a way to settle the issue once and for all. I think the faculty at the University of Alabama should challenge the legislature of Alabama to a spelling bee. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I don't, I don't think that'd last very long. Um, you know, I, I just, it, it's, it's so, it's so dumb. I mean, really, the whole thing is so dumb and it's so made up and it's so, it's, it's playing, it's playing on the very racism uh, that they're insisting doesn't exist anymore. Uh, you know, and, and that's, that's the thing that's the problem. Uh, you know, if you sit down and have a rational conversation with almost any person and you talk about uh, the, the racism, that is uh, evident within, let's say, our justice system, for example. And you point out examples right. of this. Most everyone there will agree. Well, yeah, you know, that's that is a problem. I think we need to address. That's what the hell this is talking about. Okay, that's what we're talking about. We're not yeah. trying to. You're not trying to make people feel guilty. And it sure as hell not in in schools. Okay, it's not in your elementary or middle school no. or high school courses where they're teaching about. Uh, slavery and what happened. Now, do they teach that white people were responsible for slavery and Jim Crow laws and, and oppression? Hell yeah, because white people were responsible for these things. Uh, but that's not related yeah. to critical race theory. That's not what this study is about. All right, if you feel guilty about that, then you know what? Maybe teach your kids better and make sure that this stuff doesn't happen anymore. There's something I find really interesting. Critical race theory has been around for 40 years, okay? Mm -hmm. When did this come up? When did this become a hot topic? Yeah. Six months Last ago. Last year. Yeah. Six months ago. Where are we headed in May, June? We're headed into a primary. <clears throat> year Last year, year before last, you heard nothing about critical race theory. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Zip crickets, okay? Now <coughs> that we're going into a primary, all of a sudden, it's a big topic, even though it's been around 40 years. Well, you know, and that's what I, we were talking about, political silly season. I mean... I expect that soon there'll be book book bannings. Mm -hmm. You know, there already be, are. Uh, yeah, there already are. They're already trying to ban books. They're already trying to reshape the conversation of slavery so you don't hurt white people's feelings about it. You know, that's that's these are things that are happening. And listen, they're happening from one political party here, okay? And it's a political party that is out of ideas and doesn't have anything to offer in terms of policy. And so this exactly. is the sort of nonsense and BS that they're relying on right now instead of just going out and governing. Well, I think, you know, and there's so much hatred and division right now. I, I expect that somebody is going to suggest a bonfire of the vanities and that people need to bring out all their stuff and burn it so they're in good standing with the GOP. Mm -hmm. uh, probably not a good idea. I want to get to one last thing, and this is some positive, <coughs> positive news. Uh, Congressman Jerry Carl out of Mobile uh, is uh, backing the new I-10 bridge and Bayway project. It's a very different project than the one that was uh, attacked before mm -hmm. this project. Uh, the maximum of a toll is 250. People can cross the bay several other ways that are not told. This looks like a good opportunity to get something done. I agree. I think one of the biggest things that has made this so uh, favorable to the people is that once the, once the bridge is paid for, the toll goes away. Right. So, I mean, I think that's more palatable to a lot of people. And Josh, we we got about uh, nearly $150 million for the federal government that's gonna go away if we don't use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm, um, you know, I think y'all know my thoughts. I know that y'all, that some people like this and some people don't. We got a, we got a brand new gas tax. We got a, we got, I'm, I'm just not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not a, toll guy. I'm just not. I can't get behind it. If you want to build it for the people, build it for the people and use the money. Tax the people appropriately and use that money. Don't charge people to go across your bridge. 
Well, there, there's there is the point counterpoint. Yeah, yeah, you know. Jerry Carl, thank you for lending your support. You got <laughs> you don't have Josh's votes. All right, yeah. we're gonna have to leave it Big right there. You, you, you've been watching the V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them. <laughs>